Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about keeping long-term employees with the help of special guest John Sylvester of Sylvester Remodeling and Design in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Fowler, and thank you for tuning in to the Tim Fowler Show. I uh, just want to remind you, if you've got some ideas about topics, send them to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. So we are back on the labor crisis, but from a very, very different angle. As I've traveled around the country talking to a lot of business owners, and, and mostly I'm talking about you got to train your people. You've got to get them up and going. And a, a lot of business owners will look me dead in the eye and they'll say, like, why should I spend time and money training when they're just going to leave and become a competitor? Well, my answer is always, at least for the time you got them, then they're going to be better for you as a company. And by the way, Mr. Business Owner, didn't you used to work for somebody and you decided you wanted to be a remodeler and now you're their competition? So probably when we're dealing with this labor crisis, which is a real thing, uh, we, we maybe we need to ask the question, what do I do with the people that I have? If, if, if I finally got some good people, how do I make sure that I keep them on my staff and that way I don't have as big a labor crisis? So I met our guest today through Nari many, many years ago. I've been to visit his company a couple of times. In fact, I was actually on my way there uh, when uh, the jets hit the towers in New York on September 11th. Uh, I was going out there to go fishing. We had been yakking about going fishing together. I never made it. I got grounded in Traverse City, Michigan. And then finally, when the plane started flying again, I went on home. A couple of months later, I made it there to do some training but we finally got the fishing trip in a few years later. So uh, I've, I've been there to visit. One of the occasions when I was there, I did a little, uh, I think a three hour uh, seminar for them. I believe there are 10 or 11 uh, field staff there. Everybody in the room had been with John for more than five years and many of them had been there for longer. And just recently I was actually back in Minneapolis and a couple of his employees attended a seminar that I did there and uh, I was joking with them and I said, Hey guys, are you going to retire about the same time John does? Because both of these folks, uh, one is his production manager and one is his field supervisor have been with him for many years. Now, for those of you who just can't imagine this happening, I want you to fasten your seatbelt for a second his field supervisor has been with him for 37 years, okay? The production manager, 26 years. And then as I was talking about this with John before uh, we came on the air, one of his lead carpenters has actually been with him for 27 years. So I think we've got the right guy here helping us talk about 
longevity and hopefully uh, we can actually find out some of the secrets that other people can duplicate this success. Isn't that amazing, Steve? Tim, I didn't think I was reading it correctly when you first sent that over. I mean, those are really impressive numbers and it just goes to show you, I mean, we say it all the time on this show, but with the labor crisis, you know, not making it so much of a crush or crutch, it is an issue, but the I can't find good help (laughs) <laughs> Turn it around to, are you keeping the people you have? So Most, most definitely. Yeah, so it's just so impressive. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, talking with John Sylvester, who graduated with two degrees in architecture and put himself through architecture school by remodeling and building homes. He has chaired both the NARI Education Committee as well as the Certification Committee and developed and implemented the Certified Lead Carpenter Program. He has won numerous awards for his work in education, including the Harold Hammerman Award, the highest Nary Award for his work in education. He has the best job in the world, drinking coffee and talking with people about changing their homes. <laughs> Welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much, Steve and Tim. Good to hear from you guys. Tim brings back that story of flying <laughs> out on September 11th and yeah. going fishing. I remember that very well. Never forget that. Yeah, that was a rough. That was a rough couple yeah. of days. <laughs> that was a rough couple of days, and but you bring back that fishing trip, and I do remember we finally got to go fishing together, and you were the only person that caught a fish, as I recall that day, which is the perfect setup for a fishing guide or a person taking a client out fishing. I think that works pretty well. It does. The guide, the guide caught a few fishes, I, but I, I think I was the only one of the three of us that caught something. So let's get right to yeah, it, John. Give, it, give sure. us a little rundown on your current team. Who, who's with you now, and uh, how long have they been with you? Right. Well, I started this company 45 years ago. I know it's wow. hard to believe, and wow. yes, and I was doing, as any business owner does, I was doing everything. I was coming home from work after working in the field all day, and I was doing the estimating, meeting clients at night. And it got to the point where I wasn't doing a very good job of either. I wasn't doing a good job in the office. I wasn't doing a good job in the field. And about that time, I had met a person. I hadn't met Les. I had met a friend of his. And we met in an estimating class, and I said, well, I need some help. Would you like to come and help me? And he said, oh, that would be great. So I didn't know it, but at the time, he brought Les with him. So they showed up on the job site on Monday, and there was my friend, and there was Les. And it took me no more than five minutes to go, holy mackerel, Les is the guy I really want. I don't really (laughs) want his friend. And... That started off a very long friendship, and Les has been with me now for 37 years. Yeah. And then as as we've uh, kind of grown the company, Kate joined us about 26 years ago, and at that time, Craig had already been with us for a year. So as the, uh, my company grew, uh, we also had these great people that stayed with our company, and really, I think, and there's no doubt about it, that the impact these people have had on my business has been tremendous. Yeah. So let's, let's back up just a little bit, John. I mean, you mentioned uh, meeting less and then obviously Kate came along as the production manager, but what are a few things that you look for, I guess, in 
a potential employee that has maybe contributed to the fact that they're they're staying with you for so long? What is it that you've done before they're with you that might help business owners find those long-term employees? Well, that's a really good question. And I think there is a lot of objective information that you can take from them. You can look at their resume. You can see what their background is, see if there's parallels that you're looking for. I think the key thing that I always look for is something that gets them away from just their work. I, I want to know what this person uh, is like as a person. I, I remember one resume I got that said, you know, went down the list of things that they had accomplished. But the final thing was, she said she made a mean cherry pie. <laughs> and, you know, and in the construction business, that's kind of odd. But that, that was one of the things that really piqued my interest. And I, I want to, so I want to talk to people that are well-rounded, I think. And also, I think a key ingredient here is to remember that work is uh, one of the things that you do. It is not all of your life. We work to do a lot of the things that we like to do. It's great if your work can be something you like also. So I really like to find people that are, have a broad range of interest and also have a sense of humor. I think that's a very important part of, of the construction industry because things happen, things go bad, <laughs> and you just have to look at each other and go, well, that happened, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So so I guess in your mind, uh, I think you, you've worked really hard to keep good employees around. So what what motivates you to do that? In other words, what what does a really good employee bring to your business that you've worked so hard to make sure they stay? Well, that that's a good question and it kind of goes back to I'm I consider myself a very poor manager, believe it or not, with these people that have been around a long time. But the reason I'm kind of a poor manager is that I think we're all grown-ups. We all have skills. And we all have responsibilities, and I like to let people kind of go in the direction they want to go. I'm definitely not a micromanager. If you were to come and say, well, this is what the way I would like to do this, I would go, if it gets us to the end result, do it the way that you feel most comfortable. And I think that's a really key thing. You kind of get the good people on, and then you let them take off in the direction that they want to go. So if you, I can hear a lot of business owners going like, yeah, I tried that and I was just taken advantage of, have you, has that happened to you where you've, you've thought about this, this person's going to be great. You let them do their thing and it, it just hasn't worked. Yes, uh, of course <laughs> that's happened. <laughs> so how do there you, are people how do you recover from that? How do you not get uh, kind of bitter and just like grab the reins? Well, I think uh, one thing that you have to remember when you're hiring people and any people in any kind of job is that sometimes you're a chapter in their lives. And sometimes you have to turn the page on those chapters and free up their future <laughs> many times is, is the phrase that's used. But you have to understand that not everyone can deal with the kind of responsibility that they have. I mean, some people... They, you give them a long leash and they take it too far. They they can't really uh, be counted on. And so you have to um, 
there has to be, of course, limits set, but right. how things get accomplished within those limits, I think is more left up to the people. But there have been a number of people that we've had that just don't make it. And it's, uh, again, I, I kind of look at it as everybody has a chapter and it's time for them sometimes to turn the page and move on. That's a great way of looking at it. I, I, I think I'll use that uh, in the future. So can you, can you boil it down to one or two really significant things that you think has contributed to the longevity of the employees that you have? Well, I think you've got to set an environment. And, of course, that comes down to company culture. I think we've talked about that, or that was one of the things that we talked about. But there's two things, really, that you're looking for. And I think one is, to, do they fit the culture? And then do they fit the philosophy of the owner? And the culture of your business is really laid out by the owner. If You know, it can be a culture of deceit. It can be a culture of... Um, micromanagement it can be all those kind of things and if you look at what you'd really like i mean it comes down to where would you like to like work where would i like to work i would like to work in a place where someone trusts me where i have a lot of freedom to do what i want to do and um the ability to do that at my own pace and i think that's one of the things that it comes down to so i know you have um the field supervisor, Les, I'm calling him the field supervisor, and you have Kate as the production manager. And is this kind of an example of how you've allowed people to do what they want to do? For example, for many people, there would not be a field supervisor, although I know Les is much more, um, much happier when he's out in the field uh, doing things rather than sitting behind a desk. Is this a good example of how you've kind of found good people and, and let them do what they want to do, even though it might not be sort of the pattern of the industry? I think that's a really good point. And one of the interesting things here is, and I wanted to talk about, was that there is a very distinct line between the sales, sales and estimating department, and handing the project off to the field superintendent, which would be Les and Kate. That's one of the things that I think has been really successful for us is because once we have the project put together in sales and we have the contract signed, we have a meeting that everybody has talked about with the owner and the production department, and then the project literally goes in their hands and it goes in less than Kate's hands. I really don't, I'm not involved at all once that project uh, begins construction. So they're allowed to run through all the things that um, happen during construction. And many times they make decisions. I always tell the story, too, that many times I show up on the job site when we're ready to close out the project. And I don't know exactly if I'm going to see what we had planned on initially. <laughs> and it's that's great because I, I always say, say, too, that Kate or less knows more what I want than what I want. I know what I want, which is kind of nice. Because I know he's always he's always got his uh, or my back. At the same time, Kate and I were just talking about that this morning. Kate knows where, where she should talk to me about some things, and then other things she knows that uh, her decision would, would be fine, and I would be fine with that. And no matter what happens, I mean, our, we always agree that it's what the client really wants to is more important than really what I want or what any of the rest of us do. 
Yeah, I can just sense a, a lot of company owners uh, kind of squirming uh, with this idea that they might show up on a job and something's a little bit different than what they sold or what they thought they sold to the client. So how long do you think it took you to get to this point with these employees where you really do look at it like they are helping you by serving the client this way as opposed to my dreams not being fulfilled. Yes, and helping make decisions that they're not worried about. I remember when I would have less, it was just less than I at that point yeah. in time, and less would come in, we'd have a meeting, and he'd go, well, there's this issue, and I'm not sure exactly how I should deal with it. And I would always go, well, Les, what do you think you should do? And Les would go, oh, you know, I think I should, uh, this is the direction. I said, well, then why don't you do that that way and give it a try? And uh, I think that that was really helpful. You know, they, they have the ability to make a decision. They try it out. If it goes bad, we talk about it and move on. John, this is fantastic stuff. Is there, uh, you mentioned that, you know, you, you hire grownups and, you know, you have them get into a role and they're doing a lot of things, uh, you know, how they see fit or how they um, think it should be done. Um, how can that be done uh, repeatable in terms of maybe adding employees, you know, in that role? Is there a set of core values that you adhere to? Well, that's a really good question. Yeah, younger employees, again, you know, it starts off with hiring the right employee. And I guess it comes back to your question, which is how do you decide to do that? I just uh, have a sense when I'm talking with these people, kind of asking them questions, very detailed questions about what they did in their previous uh, projects. Mm -hmm. For instance, I was a carpenter, they say, and I said, well, what did you do as a carpenter? Did you lay out things or were you under someone else? So I get a really sense of kind of where they are. Uh, of course, the new employees ride along with employees that have been with us for a while too. So they get a chance to see how things are uh, done in our company. I don't know if I answered that question no, well enough for you. Perfect. So John, I'm wondering, you know, culture thing always comes up and, and, I find it hard to define culture. Do you, do you have a way of defining the culture of your company? The culture of our company. Well, I think one of the key ingredients, of course, is that we expect a lot. We have very high standards. We have very high um, expectations for these carpenters and field for everyone, really. Um, to do their job. We, we have a kind of system set up and within those systems, you can do what you want, but we, we have a lot of this organization put together. The, the culture, um, again, it's kind of a key ingredient. If you think about the hockey playoffs, which are going on right now. <laughs> I, I knew and, hockey and, would come <laughs> up here somewhere. Yeah, we had to bring up hockey. <laughs> and you look down the list. It's really interesting. You look down the list of players and on each team, and you go, well, they have this great guy, and they have that great guy. And the other team, you go, oh, no, those players aren't as good. But really what's pulling those teams together is the culture that the coach, I think, is setting up for them. In other words, hey, let's try this or let's work together. And it comes down to really who's leading the group. 
and what are their values and how can we all gain what we want to do together? And I think that's a lot of what my job, I guess, as a leader is. And again, I've, I've said, I know my downfalls are that I'm a very poor manager. I don't like to get in people's way and I don't like to micromanage, but I, and I really want them to take responsibility themselves. And, and if you let people take responsibility themselves, they either sink or swim. And the ones I've found tend to do a pretty good job and really reach the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great example. I, I've been uh, following basketball a little bit and hockey a little bit, and it's pretty amazing to see how uh, they pull together at a certain point and either come back from incredible deficits or, uh, you know, kind of pull it out of the fire by simply creating a, a great team. So I've been to your company. I've seen a lot of things. I, uh, I just, you just guys just strike me as a group of people who likes to have fun. And I, uh, that, I, that's something I really wanted to bring out here because I think that also contributes to this uh, keeping people around. So just kind of give us some idea of what you've done over the years for some fun things with your company. Sure. I mean, that's a really important part of what we do. You have to have a sense of humor, as I mentioned before, because every day you see something new and you go, ah, man, that is something I've been doing this for a long time and I've never seen that before. It's quite amazing. But we've, we've done a lot of things. Initially, we had a golf tournament and we had that golf tournament for a number of years where we would invite the families, the kids anybody that really wants to come, our subcontractors, and we would have a golf tournament in the summertime. So, John, always... so John, just let me interrupt here. I think the golf tournament, okay. I think the golf tournament was one of the things where I helped you stock the refrigerator full of beer for that, right? I think that was uh, you know, part of that fun, too. That is absolutely <laughs> correct. I remember that. You were very impressed with that, as I recall. I was. But as I took, a contractor, I, I took pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's that you did. That that says a lot right there. Just that visual image of that refrigerator stock, and we do have that uh, monthly. We have a monthly meeting where we all get together. It's great because, first of all, because we're in so many different places, people get to talk about where they've been, what they're working on, so everybody gets a sense of what's going on. And then we typically have a topic, and then afterwards it's a social hour to find out what everybody's been up to what new guitar they've bought, where they've been fishing, all those kind of things, the new snowmobiles on the market, whatever whatever okay. it takes. So um, that's that's been a really fun thing. And then we've had a, a winter party, too, that has run the gamut from, in fact, a couple years we, we would get a bus. We would invite, again, the same group of people, subcontractors, wives, husbands, whatever, whoever wants to come. And we would say the bus leaves the parking lot at 7.30 p.m. And people, and then we would have an event planned that they would go to. And I, I still can't believe that people would get on the bus not knowing where they're going. And then oh, we wow. ended up, we, yeah, it's really, really was fun. So everybody gets on the bus. The bus drives around the block. Sometimes we go, <laughs> we went bowling. We've gone square dancing. And, you know, these kind of things that people go, well, I'm not going to go square dancing. But when you're on a bus and the bus stops at the square dance place, you have to get out and square dance. So <laughs> yes, we really had a lot of fun with that kind of stuff. We had a, 
we set up a beach party in our parking lot in January. We had beach volleyball, a whole bunch of things. People were outside. We've had we've set up a golf course within our office where you would uh, there would be a series of holes and you'd have to go through the offices and uh, <laughs> play like mini golf in our office. So we've done a lot of fun things. I think uh, having fun is a key ingredient here. It's it's nice to get to know people. We've gone to the Mall of America. They had a racetrack where you could everybody gets to race in a car. Oh wow! You know, like the yeah, I think it's a video. It was a video thing, but it, that was a really uh-huh. fun thing to do too. So, yeah. so who thinks who thinks of all these things? Who puts these plans together for you? Okay, well, that's that's part of hiring good people, and I must <laughs> admit that much of this started with an office manager named Lois, who really she and I together were uh, quite a pair because I, I would come up with an idea and she would just go crazy. She was so excited about anything related to those things. And she kind of got the ball really rolling once you, um, once she got just the whim of an idea. And we've got some pretty creative people here. So it's really fun to see that creativity set off in a different way. For instance, birthday presents. I wish I had some photos of the birthday presents that we put together. One of our guys lived about an hour away from here. And we took a, an umbrella, we covered it in tin foil. we gave him a couple little sensors, and we called that his, this was back before we had cell phones, but that was his connection to the office. And really, you wanted to make sure that you weren't here on your birthday because the presents we gave people are sometimes a little bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, I do remember being there one day for one of those uh, parties and one of the presents that uh, Kate was given. Uh, we're not going to go into the detail, but I, that was one of the things that really impressed me about your business. It was so creative, and somebody spent a lot of time thinking about it and uh, putting that together. So let's look yeah, at a couple yeah. of things. So you've been in this business. You you know after forty seven years or forty five or whatever it was you mentioned, you must have been through some downturns. And so how did you? just make sure that you got to keep some of these really good people when maybe the work just wasn't pouring in. What did you do when that happened? Yes, very good, very good. And that's uh, also part of the reason half of our staff has been here a long time, and then we have a number of newer people that haven't been on our staff. But in 2010, we were hit like everyone else, the Great Great Depression as our – as some of our carpenters call it, and especially in Minnesota here. And and I should step back just briefly and say that people are under the impression that we go hide in bear dens and caves during the (laughs) wintertime, which is not, not truly the case. We do go ice fishing, we go skiing, we play hockey, but the construction business goes on and we work all year round. We have employees that work all year round, but occasionally the mindset of the clientele around here is that, well, the construction people don't work in the winter and that's not quite the case. So we're familiar with kind of slowdowns uh, in sometimes in uh, the winter months, which can occur. But during 2010, that was a very difficult time. We lost, we lost, uh, geez, I I don't even want to put a specific number on that, but a number of our people, uh, we just didn't have the work for them. And we we had enough work for less. He did go out into the field again where he was our supervisor, and he ended up getting the tools, and he was on the job uh, 40 hours a week. Kate 
I wasn't able to keep on and she was able to find a job with another contractor that was a little smaller than us that needed someone of her capabilities. And so she went to work for them. And, you know, those are, those are really tough times. Those things happen. Uh, again, sometimes it's a good chapter and sometimes it's not so great. And eventually though, we got things back in place here and things have been going well and Kate came back and she's now working with us full time. And of course, Les has been with us and Craig, we were able to keep Craig busy off and on through those periods of time. So, uh, it's, it's difficult. I mean, and again, there's always opportunity. You have to look at the, the silver lining in the clouds too. In some of these chapters, it's time to, to move on and a change for everybody is good. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, benefits that you offer and maybe just getting right to the point. Like, what do you think business owners can offer as a benefit that is kind of the biggest bang for the buck? In other words, uh, in order to keep people uh, active with the company? Yeah, that's a really good question. Everybody always thinks it's money that keeps people around, but I, I, I really don't think that's the case. I think employers, first of all, have to offer the basic benefits, uh, medical coverage and perhaps dental, those kind of things. I think the real real thing, though, is uh, flexibility. And I was one of those guys many years back where you showed up at five minutes to eight, you worked until 4.30, you didn't talk to your friends on the phone (laughs) while you're during work time, Uh, you know, all of those kind of things. And I think things have changed. And because of the current workforce, a lot of the millennials don't see things quite that same way. Some people call that archaic. But I think offering people the flexibility to take time off when they want to, I I really think family things are extremely important. I mean, I never missed one of my kids' concerts growing up or uh, band practices, those things are, or moving from second to third grade, they have those end of the year things. I think those things are really important. And there is no way that uh, working should get in the way of some of those things. So I think that kind of flexibility is one of the key items. And we're seeing more and more of that now with personal time. That's pretty flexible. People start a little more flexible they work uh, different hours. In fact, Kate has worked when, after she started, she said she wanted to work four days a week. And I think that's pretty incredible to have a project production manager that works four days a week. Yeah, this seems to be what I've been hearing, that one of the best benefits you can give people is that flexibility. And it really doesn't cost you very much in the long run. And people really, really enjoy that. So yeah, agree completely. With, with this thing in mind, with the, the long-term uh, employee in mind, what would be kind of some last little nuggets that you might be able to share with someone that's in your position if, if they're trying to keep some people on board for a long time? Well, again, uh, first of all, hiring right the first time, making yep. sure that you're sitting across from the table and it's just like a homeowner would be sitting there going, can I, can I work with this person for three months right. on my home in here every day? And I, I think that's also what you want to be looking at when you're sitting across the table is, is this person going to fit in? Is there enough of our, of 
what we like to see in this person in that um, sitting across from me. So that's that's one really good thing to look for. Um, help me out. What was again? So I get just, lost here. When just I'm, some advi- some advice to people listening in to to oh. keep keep people long term. Right. I think another big problem that business owners have is this whole idea of micromanagement and not letting people free to do do it the way they want to as long as it's within your guidelines too many people that that stunts their growth because they have to be involved in every decision they have to know what's going on and i think that is another thing that uh, business owners should be careful about is letting people run with it let them make mistakes within certain reasons and or certain guidelines and uh, be be okay with that. I mean, you know, life is not perfect, and this remodeling <laughs> business is a challenge every day. Right. And you, you have to be able to be flexible and so, uh, accept some things that don't go right. Sounds fantastic. Thank you so much, John. You're welcome. Yeah, Very John, good to talk to you guys. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll look forward to potentially having you on, talking about something else in the future. Thank you so much. Okay. There could be fishing or canoeing, too. <laughs> there we go. Thanks. Our hobby Thanks, episode. Guys. Take care. Yep. Well, Tim, I you know, what I think, I think that John Sylvester has a lot of things figured out. And one of the most important, I kind of joked during my question about, you know, how he said he hires grownups. But really the point there is the fact that he lets people um, create the role and create how they do things. And it's just you know, and to get away from the micromanagement. And uh, one more thing that really stuck with me is the flexibility is, is having people able to get in and be motivated, but know that they're doing this. Um, You know, they're also parents, they're also coaches and these things come up and and to offer that flexibility is just incredibly important for long-term employees. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think he hit it right on the head as well. I talk to a lot of business owners that say, I'm not a micromanager, but when you really get right into it, they are in the sense that they don't allow people to make decisions, make a few mistakes, then train them uh, along the way. I do want to emphasize the having fun. And he went, ran down a list of things that were just absolutely crazy. Can you imagine a beach party in Minneapolis in the parking <laughs> lot in January? Yeah. Right. And uh, I, I, like I said, I was there for at least one of those, those parties. And uh, it was just really fun to see everybody enjoying it. And I didn't get to ask, but I'm pretty sure that when it was during working hours, he paid everybody to be there. It wasn't like, come on in, have lunch with us, but you don't get paid. So I think he valued people by paying them to have some fun uh, as a company. Yeah, and every company has a culture. One thing that he said distinctly is that the culture of your business is laid out by the owner. That's very true. Once again, we would like to thank John Sylvester for joining us, and we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, we're helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast-track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com consulting to learn more. 
And if you'd like more information about roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.